0: So, hello and welcome to the School of Library and Information Science Career Colloquia Session. This is Jill Cleese and I am the SJSU Career Center Lise on 2 and I'd like to thank you for joining us tonight to find out what a librarian is doing at Google. We have the great pleasure to have Google search educator Tasha bergson michelson with us tonight to share her unique career path and her insight on how your LIS skills can be applied to different industries and settings. Our session will last one hour. I ask that you not dialogue with each other during the session, but do feel free to post specific questions for Tasha in the chat box. And we'll be moderating those and be able to get those to her. The session is being recorded and it will be made available on the SLIS Colloquia page. So let's get it started and Tasha, go ahead and take it away.
1: Hi, um, I am Tasha Bergson-Michelson, and I'm so very honored to be here. So, Jill and all of you, thank you very much for your time tonight. Um, For those of you who are watching in archive, also, thank you so much for your time. Um, It is a question I'm often asked, what's a librarian doing at Google? Um, And I'm going to talk about that, and I will talk a little bit about my career path and about, jobs that are perceived as non-traditional within the library community. I'm also going to be asking questions of you. I hope that whether you're here live or whether you're watching this later, you can use this time to reflect uh, on your own career path and just possibilities you have, even if you're very happy with what you're doing now. Um, I just adjusted volume, please let me know if that's too loud. Um, And and so, I'd like to start by actually pointing your attention to a question I have at the bottom here, Um, a number of you shared with me while we were waiting, but I want to know in chat what it is that drives you to become a librarian. I want to know what that passion is that brings you to this program and this career path. And so I hope you'll share with me, it's also a philosophy that I have in my work that we really learn from each other. This is something we know, right, we're a deeply networked profession. And so I'm hoping that by your sharing in chat, sharing with each other, that you will get some new and interesting ideas and perspectives on the profession. So, I guess I would start by saying, um, but actually, let me start by telling you a little bit about what I do at Google. Now, I am going to be talking tonight about my own career path, but I want you to understand that I'm not talking about it because I feel that any other person out there will necessarily follow the career path that I have. It's just that non-traditional librarianship is extremely broad, right? So even when you ask what is a librarian doing at Google, there are so many answers to that question. There are a large number of librarians at Google, and I don't know any two who work on the same thing. But for example, um, I'll tell you about my job, but I also know librarians who do metadata for books. I know librarians who work in search quality. There are a wide variety of tasks even within this company, let alone beyond in the greater world, so I think that, I hope that by talking to you a little bit about what I do and how I perceive my work, that will maybe start a conversation for you about possibilities and for our profession as a whole, possibilities that we have. So this here that I'm showing you is the home page for my team, the search education team. I gave you in the upper right-hand corner, um, it says Google search education. Rather than giving you a URL, I thought I'd tell you how to find the page if you want to take a look at it. I always find it by Googling Google search education. Uh, my job is somewhat multifaceted um, if you set aside the fact that it is, it revolves around an obsession with search and with helping people find what they need faster and more efficiently and find higher quality sources. Um, but. Uh, as a, as a summary, I collaborate with librarians and other kinds of educators who want the people that they work with to have an easier time finding information and I create, as you can see here, I create lesson plans. As I was mentioning just before we started, um, we've recently run two massive open online courses. You may have been reading about MOOCs. So we ran Power Searching with Google and Advanced Power Searching, which were ways to, to give any searcher who wanted an opportunity to learn more about the skills and techniques for searching Google more efficiently and also just for thinking about quality information. And the advanced power searching really focused on some of the more conceptual skills that we um, that we use when we search. Because of course, we can learn a lot of technical skills, but if we don't have and strategies for using them and filtering them, it's hard to find what we want. And that was a really interesting challenge to think about what broadcast education around the world and to potentially hundreds of thousands of people at one time looks like when we're talking about information literacy education. So um, I create materials for online teaching. I I'm in endless conversations with librarians, mostly K-12, university uh, academic librarians and also public librarians, um, although I do collaborate with other types as well. And I attend conferences where I hope that I will meet some of you. And some of some folks I'm seeing here, in fact, I have met at conferences before. Um, so that's a brief rundown of my job, and as I said, there are many librarians at Google who do a number of different jobs, Um, but an interesting aspect that I encounter a lot that's kind of the theme of my talk tonight is I am not infrequently asked if I'm ever going to become a librarian again. And I find that a really interesting question because to me, I am very fundamentally a librarian. There's everything about what I do makes me a librarian. And in fact, I sometimes feel that talking about non-traditional library positions, some in some very traditional settings, there are librarians who have much less traditional jobs than mine because when I look at our profession, I think we have generations and centuries of helping people find information, and helping people access information, and that's fundamentally the basis of what I do every day. It was even more surprising to me um, back when I started library school, when there were a lot of conversations in my introductory classes about what makes someone a librarian. at the time, I was working in a corporate library in a more, I call it traditional research job. So I was working for a public relations firm, and I was the researcher. I would come in and I could find things faster than anyone else. And that was my job all day on proprietary databases and on and using web search, which since at the time it was 1997, is a very, very new thing. and. And it was interesting because I was often asked if I wanted to, to work in an environment in the future that gave people access to information. And all I could think was that the greatest discovery of my job was finding out that I was embedded in a population of about a 100 individuals who essentially thought they were done learning, they had finished, their K-12 schooling, they'd finished college and in some cases graduate school. And they thought that that was it, that now they weren't learners anymore, they were workers. And it was hugely empowering for me when I founded the library there and started doing user education, the delight that people would experience when they discovered that they had this institution embedded within their workplace that allowed them con- to continue to have a window and a path into learning. And that was very inspiring for me and it was very informative, uh, formative I should say, for my career. So when I think about what it means to be a librarian, actually I think about these four characteristics. There are more, and you know, you can quibble over, over what it means. But if you look at the skill sets that we apply in the workplace, they're really quite diverse. And actually, this image here is one that I love. It's actually how I visualize search. But as I thought about librarianship, I thought of this too, that there are, all of these little skills, and some of them look similar to each other, and some of them look different, but they come together to form something that's so much more than they are individually. When I think about the librarians I know across all our jobs, you see a passion, a passion for service, a passion for freedom of information, um, the precise passion is different from person to person, but I see it driving, and I see that both in in more traditional library jobs and in non-traditional library jobs. When I look at librarians I admire, I see a deep and abiding compassion and empathy for the the people they serve, and sometimes it's a, a more public base, either through a school or through a public library. Sometimes they're serving a team by helping maybe with um, taxonomies or something for a product, but still with a compassion for the end user and for the needs of the company they serve. Of course, I don't think I need to tell any of you that we tend to be a curious lot professionally speaking. And then I find really deeply exciting for me, is the creative problem-solving component. And I'd like to talk to you a little bit about that. But first, I'd actually like to ask you to answer another question for me. And that is I want to know what kind of impact you want your work to have. And really what I want to know is when you look back on your career, and things will change over time for sure, but as you look back on your career, I'd like you to think about what the difference you want to make is in the world. And actually, I'd like you to share in chat. I'm going to pause for a moment, and I want you to talk through for me um, using chat and share out a little bit. And this is a big question to ask. And I'm seeing that a number of you are chatting. I'm not actually seeing your responses in there. Um, But I'm I'm glad. Uh, There we go. Okay, so working on fostering individual growth is a huge way to make a difference. Thank you for sharing that. I want to bring history online. Um, I want to bring history online and make it easily find both via digitization projects and improve access to knowledge and empower disenfranchised learners. I want to give people the knowledge to quickly help others in the world during disaster. These are all very inspiring. Um, thank you very much for sharing. So for me, the question really became, in what kind of environment could I do these things? Could I, well, when I started out, I didn't really know what it was that I wanted to achieve. I actually came quite accidentally into librarianship. My first library that I founded was in Japan. And I was actually teaching English, which was something that I was able to do. Um, that I was able to do uh, because of a number of, of circumstances, being a young married woman in Japan. Um, and as I taught, I found that my students were feeling really frustrated because many of them were adult learners, and they said that they had always wanted to study English, but now they found that what they were doing, all they were doing with their English was studying English, and they were looking for an outlet. When I look back on the conversations that we had, I realized that really what I did was something very akin to a reference interview, right? When someone comes to you and they have a problem, and you have to listen, and you have to do more than listen. You have to really hear what it is and read between the lines and read subtext about what it is that, that our patrons want. In this case, I didn't think about them as my patrons, they were my students. But I had been through a process myself of learning to read in Chinese and finding it very frustrated, but frustrating because I didn't know how to pick good books. So we came up with the idea of creating a local subscription library. So it was based in our neighborhood, someone donated space and people gave the essentially a dollar a month, which I would use to buy books. Uh, It was kind of ironic because we had someone donated a bookshelf and it had seven shelves, and therefore our library had seven reading levels. But what it was really focused around was this notion of learning to pick a book that matched your reading level and knowing how to recognize what now we teach kids is called a just right book, and we would, and then we built a curriculum around learning how to find your Just right book, how to engage with the language, and then how to move up a level. I had no idea what I was doing. I had not encountered the World Wide Web yet. This was in 1993 and 1994. And yet, what I experienced there is something I've experienced again and again um, in a lot of what we again call non-traditional libraries, and it was, hearing what the patrons needed, thinking creatively about what kind of solution we could provide, and then finding a way to implement it. And I would argue, I would just argue that this is something that we do in every kind of library. I presume that those of you who are in public libraries, this is what you do, but that but that it is something that we can do in a large variety of environments. For example, another non-traditional library job that I see. Um, I recently had the honor of participating in SourceCon, which is a conference for um, sourcers, uh, an area of recruiting that is based upon that is based upon finding candidates for a job. So when someone posts a job, the Sorcerer's challenge is to find candidates that no one else can find who are a good match for the job. And what struck me was that as I went from Sorcerer to Sorcerer just chatting with people, the number of stories I heard about librarians who were good, yeah, Sorcerers, um, who were good, librarians who made incredible sourcers, it was a really interesting thing. Everyone I met knew some librarian who they, who worked in their field and who they felt had an elevated ability to find candidates. Oh, yes, search wizards, exactly, that's it. Um, so, of course, I'm in the world of search, so this is what what I was hearing about. But it was fascinating to me to learn that that about, again, the kind of problem-solving skills that librarians who are sourcers bring to the profession, and it's something that everyone recognized. So again, my next question for you is, what is it you love? So you've expressed a lot of passions in what you want to be doing with your career to change the world, but I want to know, aside from being in the library, what are the top three elements you want in your workplace? So, I'm seeing a lot of answers like room for creativity, innovation and collaboration, wealth and fame, training and challenge so it's been a it's been a very interesting path for me to explore and to experiment um, You can certainly look me up and find me online, but another Another kind of aspect of my job that's come in over the years has been knowledge management, which was a big uh, deal when I was a student. But now uh, we see it, we see it essentially, we call it social networking, or we call it open sourcing, right, so um, another aspect of my job at Google is to bring together um, disparate people, there's at least one person in the group today who I met through Google Plus. And so, another, I'm bringing this up because when you talk about wealth and fame, it's very interesting to see how when you engage in something you're passionate about, it ties in to the, um, it ties in to, to, to the way you interact with the world and then you can share and you can can grow your network. Now I think that you've probably heard a lot of these things before and it's not very new to you. But I I wanted you to take a minute to think about um, I wanted you tonight to take a minute to think about the skill sets you have and to think about how they uh, how they tie in to more jobs beyond your own. Um, I was actually looking just today at a really interesting um, at a really interesting post uh, about <laughs> that, that's titled "The Ten Coolest Librarians," ten of the coolest librarians alive. And I'm going to stick it uh, the link in here for you. And what I found interesting is that once again, this was about um this was about fairly traditional librarians and their um fairly traditional librarians and the ways they're innovating in traditional contexts. But um but the things that you see them doing are the kinds of things that you can apply in a corporate setting as well. Um And, um, forgive me, Um, so I'd I'd like to challenge you to think uh, broadly in that way. Um, My next question for you that I'd like you to consider is what the skills you are that you're proudest of that aren't on your resume. I'd like to have you share that here. I'd like you to think about what your interpersonal strengths are and how you can imagine these connecting to what you want to do as a librarian. So I've heard you, um, you've laid out for me a lot of skills. And um, please take a moment to reflect and share in chat about what those skills are, and actually, then I just want to go to Q and A because I think that probably it's more effective for me to hear what your questions are and talk about my job path um, and job paths I see for other non-traditional librarians, um, and we'll, we'll take it from there. So I'll give you a second to reflect. Make very pretty pathfinders. You smile a lot. See. <laughs> It's funny i i I see a comment, I smile a lot, and it reminds me of um, one of the early corporate library jobs I had where i um, where i was actually when I came in, it was the first job I ever had where I worked with other librarians, so my first library, let's call it, which is the one in Japan, and my second library, my first paid position for the PR firm, um, I then moved on to being a librarian on a team in a in a corporate um, library for a strategy firm. And actually, when I um, took that job, I found that the, that the, team while fantastic and doing excellent work was very cued to saying no um, to everything. And it surprised me that when the first director moved on to another job, what she said to me was that it had been innovative to experience someone who's very positive and would say yes in response to things that people need, and say, yes, and how are we going to work this out? And I know it seems like a small thing, but I think that when you're working in a non-traditional library environment, and perhaps you're not surrounded by librarians. That's a really important skill, smiling and thinking yes first, and then figuring out what will follow. And I see you're having really interesting, interesting conversations about how you convey these things. When you talk, and I guess that's the last thing I'd like to wrap up with. Um, I was listening to some of the past colloquia, and I heard people talking about flexibility. So this question that um, this question that when you go into a job, you you really want to um, you really want to to convey that there are many things that you can do and that you're very open and broadly skilled. So I think it makes a lot of sense before you go in to an interview to really think through these soft skills and how you can talk about them. And think of good examples from your life, and it doesn't need to be from your library work, that will allow you to respond and to show that you're able to work with a functional team with several different um, threads, uh, several different work streams. Um, in summary, I want to say, it's just the question, what's the library doing at Google? In this case, I'm just teaching people to find information quickly. I'm doing something extremely traditional. I may be doing it in a divergent environment, but I'm still bringing to bear these things that we see in our, these attributes we see in our profession. I'm bringing to bear a love of learning, a love of instruction, which I think is an incredibly endlessly important skill for perhaps all librarians to study um, an ability to gather and analyze data and think about data-based arguments which is something that I know that all of us need to do in our libraries now. What I'd really like is I would really like to um, open the floor to questions. I think that perhaps I can speak more compellingly and in, in response to your own interests and um, so what? I give up the mic, and why don't you ask questions? Um, As I said, I've worked in a wide variety of kinds of libraries. I'd be happy to talk about my actual career.
0: I was hoping that you could tell us how you actually found the job and landed the job at Google, because what I'm thinking about is that, It wouldn't be common for MLIS students to even think, oh, I'm going to see what job opportunities they have at Google for a librarian or somebody using my skills. So how did you actually get it and, and, and end up there?
1: So, I was actually recruited for Google, by Google specifically. Um, So, I'll briefly tell you about that, but I think it's more usefully to talk about how to find a job at Google generally. Um, And that, um, so for me personally, what happened was I was actually running a Jewish children's library as a volunteer. Um, And I met someone who wrote a website called Google Guide. And she found out I was a searcher, and she asked me to help her with content. So I started actually just by writing searches for Google Guide. So she had the the text about how to search Google, and I would come up with examples that demonstrated, um, which actually is much more difficult than you might anticipate. Um, But I started speaking for her, and I gave a talk at a school. Um, about how to search Google better, and I was very struck when parents came up to me afterwards with questions. So I was getting questions like, my children were given, an, ass- my sixth grader was given an assignment to look at Japan, look at advertisements from Japan, and talk about gender roles as they see in the advertisements. But I can't find any advertisements. And my first question was, well, did you use ads or or commercials? Did you try searching for those? And it hadn't occurred to any of the parents to use synonyms. Which, of course, I kind of grown up. I had I had searched a lot and I'd practiced, and and the idea that it wouldn't occur to someone to look for synonyms was at that point very new to me. Um, and so, to make this longer story short. Um, I ended up deciding to found a business teaching research skills. Um, I needed a non, at that time I needed a non-traditional schedule for personal reasons. And I, so I started a business and I taught camps and I taught a lot of after school classes. So I spent a bunch of time sitting around on the floor with children, um, sitting around on the floor with children, talking about search, watching them search, and I was writing and talking about my experiences um, with these kids. It was it was very much, for me, a micro user experience lab, and by the way, for librarians, user experience work is a phenomenal, phenomenal field to look at, and if you ever have a chance to do an internship where you try user experience skills, I strongly recommend it, um, because that's where you, actually again it brings in that that compassion and that empathy for the user where you're watching how they function. So Google reached out to me. They they liked the way I was talking and thinking about search. Um, I started on kind of a personal journey. I thought that maybe the way that we the way that we teach search, it didn't seem to me that the things I did that made me a good searcher were the things that I was being told about search and research. So I started wondering, what is it that I actually do that makes me get better results than other people? So um, so it was that which Google responded. And when they founded this position, they reached out and asked me. Um, I put together a portfolio. I went through an interview process. Um, actually, that's when I learned to make videos, um, Was was I put together a narrative about how I thought we should teach search and how I actually taught it. Um, More generally, for someone who wants a job at Google, I will be honest, the keyword librarian is probably not what you want to be using. But um, you can go to the Google website, uh, the Google Jobs website. I just Google Google Jobs, but I think it's jobs.google.com. I would strongly recommend if you're interested in working at Google, learning how to set up an alert. Um, which you can find out how to do by Googling Google Alerts. Um, And you basically write a query and you ask Google to send you information whenever whenever jobs that match a certain keyword come up, and you can, in fact, use uh, the site operator. So, um, I don't know, it's just talking about knowledge management. So you can do a search like um, knowledge management site colon jobs dot google dot com, and then whenever that, that perhaps is not complex enough, but then whenever any jobs that match whatever keywords you've offered come up, you'll get a notification in your email, and then. Um, uh, I see the question. are there other librarians at Google focused on search? Well, as I said, I know some in search quality. I mean, search is very broadly defined, right? So there are a lot of different job roles. I'm the only one who teaches search, but but there are people who um, who, as I said, uh, work with metadata in books, which is, of course, one of the uh, corpora we have in which you can search. and also, um, and also looking at quality of our search results. Those are two examples. There are a number of other librarians here as well that I've found, and since it's a company of tens of thousands of people, um, I clearly haven't found everyone yet. So I'm going to take a moment and look at some. Um, so I noticed someone commented that I had a corporate career track before Google. Right, so um, you can look me up on LinkedIn and see my career track more specifically, but, um, I founded the library in Japan, uh, which I'm proud to say uh, lasted at least 10 years after I left, so that was really exciting. Um, I then had two corporate jobs, I then founded a Jewish children's library, um, then I founded my business, and then I wound up at Google. So that's the short the short version. Um, I'm looking for other questions here. Does Does anyone else have a question they'd like to ask? What is the most important skill you developed at SLIS? (laughs) Well, it's interesting. You are at the school, I think, at a really exciting time. I am so jazzed when I look at the courses that are available. I actually get tempted to come back and get a second MLIS, but that's not something that my family generally (laughs) supports, um, because they think that perhaps one is enough. I'm passionate about librarianship, but um, so so um I actually think that uh when I was at the school it was it was a commuter school um so we would come and take classes, but we were often just entering briefly and leaving, and we wouldn't meet a lot of the same people. um I was one of very few- i was, i was a corporate librarian at the time, and I was one of very few corporate librarians um And there was a definite question among my classmates about what that meant uh, professionally. So actually, I think that I practiced being braver, being outgoing, and being able to talk and express my opinion and defend my position and my beliefs. Um, So it's a very soft skill, I suppose you'd say. It wasn't necessarily one in the classes that, that was that was a specific class. Um, I took a I took a number of really great classes though. Um of course I took technology classes with Linda Main. Um I have I had at the time nineteen ninety nine HTML skills uh at their at their peak. Um, and I I really enjoyed the um copyright law and negotiation classes that I took. So for example I took a class from Mary Minow. Um who who was really inspirational for me in thinking about copyright law. And I took an extremely rigorous um, engineering reference class from Sylvia Patrick, which helped me think a lot about what rigor meant in research. Interestingly, in my online search class, we had an assignment, a group assignment, to consider whether it would be possible to teach the public to search. And my group thought about it long and hard and decided it absolutely would not be possible and that we should never try. So I really wish I could find that paper because uh, it cracks me up to think about it. Let's see. Um, Could you repeat that? I founded what in Japan? Right. So when I was teaching English in Japan, I uh, inadvertently founded an English language fiction library. Um, it was a it was a library um, literally of books. I would fly to the United States and buy used books and send them back in boxes. Um, and I got to tell you, Ramona the Pest was far and away the most popular <laughs> uh, book, but uh, or series of books. But the 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 library was focused on the notion of helping people train themselves so that when they went to a library or a bookstore and picked up a book in English that they wanted to read, that they would be able to select a book that they could successfully read. Because I had, in a past life, I was a China scholar. I was studying Chinese sign language, and um, and I could only do reading in Chinese. And I would set out with these very ambitious reading projects. And, and in the beginning, I gave up a lot until I came up with rules for how for how I was going to engage in text in a language that was difficult for me. So the notion was I didn't want people going out and trying to read in English and being frustrated and giving up. I wanted them to have tools to persevere and develop their English um, in that way. So that was the library in Japan. Um, so, uh, I see a request for more alternative libraries such as Google that you may overlook. Well. There are library-type jobs everywhere. Um, I saw a phenomenal article, I think out of Syracuse yesterday when I was looking that listed 61 unexpected library jobs. And so they were listing things that made a lot of sense to me, like community managers. So for example, I'll I'll give an example at Google, but this is something that would exist more broadly. So, when we did our massive open online course on, uh, called Power Searching with Google, that was the pilot for a platform called Course Builder. We wanted to know if we could build a platform that would bring together a lot of free tools that we had into a format that would allow people to teach scalable courses that could have hundreds of thousands of people taking them at once without the technology crashing. And we were successful in building that. That um, so the platform that was created for our MOOC was an open sourced um, in the form of Course Builder. Well, now Course Builder has a community manager. That is someone whose job it is to, um, on a summary level, oversee the forum. But there are a lot of of aspects to that job that I think would make a librarian a great uh, a great person to do a job like that. Um, as I said, user experience researchers are um, a, a field that you can work in, and that's something that, that you really see across, for example, technologies, uh, sorry, technology companies very broadly. Sometimes I see public libraries with um, user experience researchers, and I think that that is, is deeply exciting and very interesting. Those are the kinds of jobs that interest me personally, um, and a lot of instruction. Um, but you also see, I see people in, I'm in Silicon Valley, so I see a lot of technology companies, but I see, for example, um, I see, for example, people doing work with big data, people doing investigations um, with, with um, with uh, information and visualization is another really interesting field, and then just a lot of coding, um, and of course um, hierarchies and 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 um, taxonomies and the like. So it's it's interesting because it's hard to say look in this company or look in that company. Um, I would more say to think about keywords. <laughs> It's about keywords because it's search, right? Um, it's a search problem. Uh, it's it's about figuring out how companies are talking about what they want and how that matches up with skills you have. So, I would almost say look for some job postings um, in some more obvious places and then pull words from those job postings and try searching for other job postings that have those words. So, you bring you bring the librarian to the job, and your library science education gives you an edge and a particular skill set that not every candidate a company will see will have. Um, so, it's not necessarily a library job. It's that you're a librarian who takes that job and makes it more than the company imagined it would be. And that's really what we have to offer the world and where we can find success. So you have to be creative in the keyword search and in the application of your degree, but then you can just wow the world. Let's see. Um, (laughs) I see the question, what other descriptive words would I use besides knowledge management? I don't know, well, so there are a lot lot of the traditional ones that we see within the library field. We see, of course, um, we see librarian, we see information management, we see a lot of um, competitive intelligence, Uh, but really I think it starts with, the reason I was asking you to talk about your skills is it starts with, Doing a really broad brainstorm about what your skills are, and then looking for jobs, as I said, where I think that that you can add something. Um, I would strongly encourage you to. um, I strongly encourage you. You know, you guys have a great, great internship program, and I would encourage you to use that to explore perhaps divergent um, places, uh, divergent opportunities. Um, also, since you're a student, I would make great use of informational interviews. I find that people are often very interested to talk about their jobs, and so you can um, you can reach out and ask people. And since you're a student, they will often share their time, and that's a way to actually start practicing how you talk about what you do. I, I guess a lot of what I do too is I test different ways to communicate. I talk a lot, (laughs) I talk a lot, Um, and I talk with a lot of different people. And part of what social networking is about for me is a chance to experiment and see what works and also get really interesting feedback and meet really interesting people as a result of the of that practice, and then that makes me kind of ready and understand where my areas of passion are and able to tap into them so that when I go into an actual job interview I can express how what I have to offer is very unique and, as I said, greater um, as a librarian and what they might find from a different person. Um, I see what skills or classes translate well for these kinds of jobs I'm mentioning. Again, so it was very challenging as I was thinking about this session and the notion of a non-traditional librarian, because as I said, you know, I know librarians, now I know librarians who are sourcers. I know librarians who work in big data. I know librarians who work in metadata. Um, And we don't have the same skill sets as each other. So what it comes down to is I'm deeply, deeply passionate about search, I'm deeply, deeply passionate about changing the way we talk and we think about search because at the end of the day, well, at the end of the day I think that search is is part of the basis of having an enlightened democracy. And when I look, so being able to find information and engage in our democratic system really takes being able to understand um, how to find good quality how to find good quality information. And even more importantly to me, I feel like being a good searcher makes curiosity a very, very low investment. If I'm curious about something, I can go kind of check it out, and worst case scenario, I lose a few minutes of my life and gain kind of some general knowledge that I can use. So, if I know how to search well, then it's possible I'm going to find something I'm passionate about and be able to move forward with it. And, and so to me, it's such a
0: core
1: um, skill that I actually, okay, so last week I was at a conference and I actually woke up at like 3 in the morning thinking about third graders and, and citation and ways that I wish would change how we teach. Um, and I actually, my blood was pounding and my heart was racing and I had this adrenaline spike thinking about this. So I guess, find your adrenaline spike and take classes that drive you, and think broadly about where you can go with it, and then the rest kind of follows. I hope that makes sense. Oh, I'm so glad, Jane, thank you for for listing those career day um, sources. That's fantastic. I'm sorry, do you have other questions? Ah, so I see. The question, do I work full-time in Mountain View or does or does Google let me work from home? Um, so when when I was recruited, I was I was um told that I would have flex time. So my work day actually runs from, well, I started to work at 6 o'clock this morning, um Pacific time, and generally I stop working at 2.30, so though not every day. Um so, I do have flexibility, uh, which is something I'm very grateful for. Uh, different teams have different levels of flexibility. Uh, but I think it's really true that there's some very innovative work structures available now, and that's something, it's not just necessarily something you can insist upon in every job circumstance, but when you're thinking about what you want your work environment to look like, and when you're thinking about what you want your work life to look like, I guess that's the, that's really the point is that, that there are, the, and the reasoning behind the questions that I asked you is that there are these, these things that drive each of us. And if we can define what it is that makes us excited and what it is that we need in our work environment in order to thrive, then that's what we go look for. And when we find those places, it's our MLISs that that give us the goods, um, that that make us stand out to employers and can in fact differentiate us if we've developed a good pattern around what we do. So I would say, you know, think about what you want your work schedule to look like. Um, and then it follows, and, you know, I really have to honor a lot of public and academic librarians I know, for example, who work evenings and weekends for, for the good of the public and of our student bodies. It's something that is, is truly amazing and a lot of dedication that I admire.
0: Hey, So there's a question on here that says, how important has networking been in your career journey? Oh, thank you. I missed that one. Um,
1: well, networking, let someone in Google know to reach out to me here. So I would say that that was important. Um, so I'm a really petrifyingly shy person, which is not something, that most people can believe when they've met me, especially because it turns out I love conferences. Um, I love conferences because I can listen. I love listening to people. I love hearing about, like, for example, at a library conference, I love hearing about different libraries and how they operate and how their patrons run into trouble um, around research uh you know in in academic and school contexts, what what does research training look like? What are public libraries doing to help patrons at the at the widely varying levels that they have? Um, and so I would say that in in understanding the scope of the people that I hope my work assists, and I mean both librarians and and the end user. Networking is deeply important. In terms of jobs, I would also say that as I've learned to to use this side of of networking and professional sharing that I love, that's given me a path to networking that might help me in job searches. Um, So, before I came to Google, it was really much more hit or miss. I would go, for example, to local SLA meetings, and I would be a shy little wallflower. So it didn't do much for me, um, and and probably that impacted my career. Uh, but but since I've I've kind of discovered my niche and and what really drives me again, that gives me confidence to talk to people, um, and then. Social networking gives me this opportunity to meet so many new people. So I love Google Plus. I have to admit, um, because there were just like all these librarians there immediately. Like from day one, there were there were literally at least almost a thousand librarians who self-identified in this one thread. And so it's always been a very intellectually engaging place. There are also a lot of K twelve educators there, um, and. And so it's not even necessarily direct networking, like I'm looking for a job and I'm going to talk to people, it's the conversations that I'm having with people are intellectually engaging and exciting, and that creates a network that will help me with my job. So for example, if you were considering the um, attributes of blogging in order to kind of get your name out there, you can use social networks for kind of, micro micro blogging and and interaction around your ideas, again practicing your ideas and hearing other people's feedback. And that in and of itself builds that network for you that's then in place for job hunting. And interestingly, I can tell you from spending time with sourcers, that a lot of sourcers don't really believe in resumes. They're a good thing to have. Um, As someone said today, you can't get a job at Google without a resume and a strong one at that. But but sourcers are out there looking for people who are sharing intelligent ideas. who almost get pre-screened. You get this pre-interview by engaging dynamically and intelligently with people on the web. And so I think that that is a very valuable way to use online networks to build your, your kind of job hunting networks.
0: What trends in search or information organization are you seeing emerge via your work at Google?
1: (laughs) Well, so we don't talk kind of about, about future predictions very much, Um, but, I mean, for me, what's really driving, a driving force, and if you've ever seen any of my search education work, this will sound like old hat. But for search, uh, there's so much more than text. And it gives us, it gives us so, the possibilities are so incredible now. Both for a trained searcher, which of course I'd like everyone to be, but also for on a kind of more nascent level, for people who are able to to kind of uh, I think of it as engage with their literacies, think about what they know, the kinds of sources they regularly use and experience. Um, so my favorite example, uh, which again, you would have heard if you ever heard me any of my lessons, is I love color filtering, which um, is something you can do in, for example, Google Images. And it was really um, amazing to me to kind of have this epiphany. So the joke is, you know, in the library community that we get very frustrated because patrons ask for books by the color of their cover. Um, And I discovered that using Google color filtering, I actually could find books by the color of their cover, you know, with that blue book about George Washington, I can actually find it now. And then to experiment with that and realize there are all these other things I could do that sheet music is white, diagrams are on white background, um, illuminated texts often have red or yellow, and this is an incredibly powerful tool. And as we look at more and more technologies coming online that allow us to use non-textual indicators to, to discover sources, I, I find that to be deeply, deeply exciting. Because then, when you have non-textual searchers, they have options. And when you have non-textual sources, we all have options. So that would be, for me, the most exciting piece. Um, So I do see that we're out of time. I really want to thank all of you very much um, for coming and sharing your evening with me, um, or whatever time zone you're in. Um, And I would like to invite, um, I love, 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 love talking with other librarians, so I hope that you will find me on Google Plus or potentially on Twitter and connect, um, and I really look forward to hearing from you and about what you're doing um, and where you go with your careers, because we're in a very exciting profession in a very exciting time with just endless possibilities, so I can't wait to see where all of us go next. Thank
0: you.